Uh, my name is Natalie. Natalie Capes, professionally, and Nat to friends. Um, mm-hmm. I am a musician and uh, engineer from Boone, North Carolina, or really all over North Carolina, I guess. <laughs> um, I've got like a singer-songwriter project that I've been doing since 2016. Um, yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of the big points, I guess. <laughs> and shout out to Natalie for hooking me up with the mother of all recording studios. Yeah. I, this might be the best Boon Pod ever sounds. Shout out RFG. Yeah, <laughs> shout out <laughs> RFG. But uh, yeah, hey, welcome to the Boon Pod <laughs> podcast episode. I'm not sure yet. I don't know what number this is. <laughs> it's, um, I usually don't put them out in any weird, I usually put them out in the order I record mm-hmm. them, but I'm recording like five episodes this week. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shotgunning recording. And they're gonna go. They're gonna go out day after day after day after day. Good, good content. Oh yeah, keep that, keep that stream coming. <laughs> I know. I was at. Uh, I was talking to someone else who uh, makes a lot of stuff in Boone, like videos. Mm-hmm. And they were, he was, <laughs> he was like, "How do you, how do you put out on a consistent schedule?" He's like, "I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself. That's why there's a schedule." Yeah, that's. There's been many a night where I've been up to editing and recording an episode of boon pod until like two in the morning yeah you kind of got to be on that grind a little bit yeah well it's because i'm a professional drama queen and i really like my stuff to i I like to make sure all the stuff i put out is really high quality Mm. i don't know about you but at least i'm like that i'm a very perfectionist about the stuff that i put out no i'm the same way i will push back like a release until the very last minute because i'll just like stay editing like Mm. i don't i don't like to consider things finished um i just everything could be better and so i will spend Mm -hmm. a ton of time and people other like outside people would be like it's fine just just put it out and i'm like no it could be so much better but in your mind you're like I can I can still work on it. Yeah, I totally it, get you. Mm-hmm. I'm the exact same way. And by the by the time like I feel like finished in air quotes, I like it's a totally different mm. thing. And people are like, "We liked the earlier version." I'm just I'm like, <laughs> just let me on my art, please. <laughs> I know. Um, at least for me, um, if I I have to record as soon as I get done recording something, I have to edit it because mm. if I put it down, it it will not get edited. Yeah, because I, I know how I am. If I if I if it's just sitting there on a hard drive, it will not get edited. Mm-hmm. So that's why usually after I get done recording episodes, I just straight up just boom immediately to editing. That's honestly... I go into go into audition premiere all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pro- that's a good way to do it. Just like kind of hyper fixating on one thing, and once you're done, you're like, all right, never have to think about it again. <laughs> I remember one night I was I think I was editing like two or three episodes. Just it back to back in a row, and so mm-hmm. I get them uploaded and stuff. And I think I got back to my apartment at like one a.m. or something. Mm. And my roommate was like, "Mason, where the fuck have you been?" <laughs> I was like, "I was editing the podcast." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Working." I was like, "He was like, yeah, it's one a.m." <laughs> but anyways, enough about me. On to you. So before this podcast, I um um I kind of just binged all of your stuff. Oh really? On Spotify, I just sat down. But my, I'm not kidding. I put myself in a dark room, just put on headphones and just sat down and listened. The experience. That's what I try to do with everybody I have on. Just really? sit down and listen to all their music. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to your stuff and it's really, I was like genuinely shocked at how high quality it is. Oh, it's really, thanks. really good. But um, what made you, like, where did you get your roots? What made you want to start making music? 
So I have kind of been a musician. Like, the joke is, I guess, like, since I could, like, sit up and play piano. <laughs> but, like, both of my parents are musicians. My dad was a jazz pianist for a really long time, and my mom plays cello. She teaches. So I've kind of always done music. Um, so it just kind I, of runs in the family. Yeah. So I was always surrounded by it. But I started writing songs, like, kind of young. I mm-hmm. would just, like, sit on on a piano and just kind of like bang them out and um i it it's one of those things where it's like i don't really have like the specific reason i started doing it mm-hmm. other than like you i had access yeah i just had i had access to instruments i had always been a writer i think people had always told me like oh your poetry is really good and i was like thanks but poetry is boring i want to play <laughs> instruments too um and so from there i just kind of started going and in high school um I went to, I went to like a magnet school, and all sophomores have to do like a middle years project where mm-hmm. you just you have to do something. It's a really like just a very vague do this yes, and turn it in. Do a project, do a creative, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so mine, I was like, I want to record a record. Like I have a lot of songs that I've written. I want to record them, and so I had a friend who had a home studio. Mm-hmm. His name is Dale Baker. Love that guy. He's actually got his own music out, The Maudlin Fee. Love. Ooh, shout I'll, out. Shout I'll out. check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, super great, like, indie drummer. Uh, but he let me use his studio for, like, four different sessions. Mm-hmm. And I just recorded a bunch of songs. He taught me how to use, like, basic editing in Logic Pro. He was like, this is how you comp. Like, this is why you do different takes. Here's, like, the basics of an EQ. Um, and from there I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so fun and also (laughs) like kind of easy. So I did that. I took all the stems that I recorded with him home. I think I like my first EP, which you can only find on YouTube and is. Oh, okay. Oh, it's. (laughs) That's something I haven't heard. Yeah. Well, that's because I don't market it a lot (laughs) because it's, I listen to it now and I'm like, oh my God, everything's so (laughs) sharp and the writing on it is great, but the sound quality is definitely, compared to what I know now, mm. I'm like, oh, I will, (laughs) no. I definitely, I've uh, I've talked to a few different bands and they have nearly the exact same thing happen to Mm -hmm. them, where they'll have um, a few songs they release very early on in their career and then they'll just like completely dump it, archive it anywhere so you can't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then... um, so they're like, oh, the audio recording's awful. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, one band I know, uh, one of my friends, Joseph, he's in a band called Navum, mm. and they recorded an entire album. And then they they recorded it off, like, their fo- phones and some, like, shitty, like, $40 mics off of like, right. Amazon or something. And then all of a sudden, they took it off of Spotify, took it off of YouTube. And I think I think they said the only archive they have of it is on a flash drive somewhere. They don't even know where it's at, but it's on oh, a flash drive man. somewhere. But then now they're like completely re-recording the entire album with new oh, songs cool. and stuff. Oh, that's cool. That so. is cool. But at the same time, I'm like, you should leave it up just so people can hear it. That's Yeah, that's why my stuff, I'm not going to pay for it to be on streaming platforms or mm-hmm. anything, but you can find it on YouTube just because I'm like, yeah, like maybe one day like I'll look back at, I mean, I, I do this now. I look back at that kind of stuff and I'm like, oh, like. I may not stand behind it anymore, but, like, that's where I started from. And, like, it's cool to see your growth like mm-hmm. that. Because, um, I mean, nobody starts out being perfect. And they do. Oh, They're yeah. probably an industry plant. So, <laughs> like, if they don't have, like, 
if if you don't have if you're a, like commercially successful band and you don't have like an EP that was like that's like out on like noise trade or YouTube only mm-hmm. or that like people have found and uploaded that you're just like so embarrassed about. You're probably an industry player. You're probably an industry, you're probably like your parents are in the industry and paid mm-hmm. for you or something. <laughs> like all of most of my favorite bands like have those EPs where they were like, Yeah, we were kids and we recorded this in our bedrooms and then <laughs> we just kept doing it and eventually we got picked up by a label. Mm. Um so I, yeah, I so I, I definitely agree with the like leaving them up thing, like kind of having that archive of your progression as an artist. I think that's really cool and valuable. Oh yeah. For me, uh, it doesn't like for me it's not even the in the back of my mind, it's not even the thing of like seeing where these band, bands came from and where they are now. Mm-hmm. I'm just a very big advocate for archiving everything so yeah. anybody can see it. Mm-hmm. Like um, like earlier versions of books or something or whatever. Yeah. Just, like, just so anybody can see it. Like the whole thing with like, um, what is it? The first Lord of the Ring book. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when it first came out, it was completely different. Mm-hmm. And then I think he, I want to say Tolkien put out like a second edition of the book. And it's it has, that one's stayed the same. Right. But the first one, it's like, Nearly completely different in every way. And then he went back and he's like, I fucking hate this. And then he like rewrote three fourths of the book. Wow. But you can find it somewhere. That's crazy. I had no idea. That hits home very specifically because I am such a retro video game nerd. Mm-hmm. I reg- my favorite console to use is my Wii and Ooh. my DS Lite. Dude, some people listening to this are going to be like, what do you mean the Wii's retro? <laughs> Well, yeah, but, like, so, <laughs> compared to, like, the next-gen shit, I, like, <laughs> I, every time somebody's like, oh, you could play this on an emulator, you could do the, I'm like, no, I want the genuine experience, <laughs> I'm gonna play Wii and GameCube games on my, like, original software mm-hmm. that I bought in 2011, <laughs> And that's good. It's gonna ride with me till I die, because mm. um, like I have friends that like have. I have a friend that has an old like uh, Dreamcast, mm-hmm. and oh. that's where I like discovered the Sonic games. And like, I fucking love the Dreamcast. I and then you like you play it emulated, and you're like, eh. so I totally get where you're coming from. Archiving that stuff is so. I'm just like, oh, you want to preserve those experiences. Mm. That's I. I, t- I get where you're coming from because mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same way sometimes. Yeah. Where, um, like, if I want to go back and play, like, an old GameCube game or something, I would obviously love to play it on original hardware. Mm-hmm. But I was stupid and I sold my GameCube to GameStop mm-hmm. in, like, 2010 yeah. to buy a new th- Xbox 360 game. Mm-hmm. And I'm still mad because it had a special edition controller. Not special edition in the way that it was released. I spilled uh-huh. chocolate milk on it. But um, I'm so mad to this day that I sold it to GameStop. But now going back, I'm like, yeah, if I want to play Mario Sunshine, I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. This isn't coming from me. Just download Dolphin, the Dolphin emulator, and just find a ROM online. Uh, yeah, but Dolphin. I totally get what you're saying. Um, I can't do that with every game. <laughs> mm-hmm. With especially Pokemon. I cannot play Pokemon through an emulator, even if it kills me. I have to play Pokemon on original hardware. Yeah. That's why I have, like, three 3DSs. And, I mean, like, they, you know, they've done the, like, Switch remakes and everybody's mm. like, this is 
garbage. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah what did you <laughs> It's because Nintendo will like, yeah, we up the resolution and the frame rate and nothing else. And then they'll charge double for mm-hmm. it than when it, than when it released. Where people are like, this looks weird. And I'm like, yeah, because it was designed for <laughs> a like... It's like this GameCube game yeah. was designed to be in 480p, not it was, 4K. It was designed to be played on a CRT. No wonder it looks bad yeah. on your 50-inch flat screen. <laughs> People, when they play an NES on a flat screen, yeah. it looks awful. It wasn't yeah. yours, you're supposed to play it on a CRT, dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. But, um, yeah, no, I... The, like, video games are, like, one of the reasons why I'm so big into archiving. Mm-hmm. Other stuff, too, but mostly video games. Because mm-hmm. then you get to get stuff where it's like, yeah, this was released once in Japan for five seconds. Yes. And now it's on some fucking random 4chan thread. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Yeah, just keeping that stuff preserved. I, um... I know that this is, like, a music podcast, but I, I love talking about video games um, so much. So, I think a lot of people have a misconception about this podcast. It's not about music specifically. Okay. It's about creative people in Boone. Perfect. So, like, anybody because, anybody yeah. who makes anything cool in, um, anything, mm-hmm. anybody that makes anything cool in Boone. Like, okay. um, like I had on, I, I've had my first ever artist on, like. Two weeks ago. Right. I saw that. It was so, yeah, Danny. I had Danny yeah. Cassettes, and he's awesome. Make I, sure to check out his, his stuff. I love his stuff. Yeah. But, um... A plus. I definitely, I think a lot of people artist. have... I've told people about this in real life. They're like, oh, your music podcast is great. I'm like, right. it's not a music podcast. What? It just so happens that bands and people who make music are usually the easiest people to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. People, like, for, I've asked, like, a bunch of photographers to be on, mm. and they're usually super busy. Or, like, even yeah. artists. Like, I've asked, like, a bunch of people, like, uh, people like Danny Cassess. Mm-hmm. And they're usually super busy doing something. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, sorry, I've got to paint 15 murals by Thursday. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, thanks. But I remember um, the last episode I had um, with Latchwork. Mm-hmm. I had him on and like at the very end of the podcast, we just got to talking about building computers and, uh, and then I got, and then I started ranting about doom and how it's probably the most important PC game of all time. Have you, are you on the Reddit thread? Uh, will it run doom? I, it's our oh, yeah. slash. I don't know. I, I my I partner introduced it. me to it and it's just like, like the things that you can run <laughs> doom on. My was, favorite one's the pregnancy. That's, test. I was just about to that's, say the pregnancy. That was, test that's my so favorite funny. one. Um, there was another one where it was, oh, it was somebody had ported Mario Kart, because that's, that's mm-hmm. my biggest, like, game, like, I guess. Which version of Mario Kart? Wii. The Wii, I, okay, Mario Kart Wii. I am, inc- like, I, I'm so deep into that world. That was my first <laughs> Wii game, um, aside from, you know, Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, technically everybody's first Wii yeah, game was Wii Sports. Um. But I literally learned how to put a ROM of my, like a, a, a mod mm. on my Wii that mods Mario Kart. Not only does that, allows it to connect to Wi-Fi again. So I like play Ooh, online I know with you're talk- people. It has like a stupid name too. It's Weemfy. Yeah, I was going to say, it has Weemfy. a stupid name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've never done any stuff like that, but I always, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on it. I'm like, this shit's so cool. Yeah, it's... So you can play Mario Kart Wii with like 15 new characters in the modern day. Mm-hmm. It's it's but then super th- fun. There's new modded characters, but then everybody it's like everybody plays Funky Kong. Yeah, so. I personally, you know, I play Bowser Junior. Okay. Uh, people are gonna be like, that sucks. Like the buffs are bad. And that I'm is like, a weird pick for it is Mario a, Kart racer. Yeah, 
but I like him and okay. I have a pretty high score. And so until <laughs> I get to the level where like I literally will have to play one of the higher buffed characters, I'm not going to do it because mm. I as much as I'm like into the, some of the tech and whatever, I'm also into video games and the like, I think this character is cute and I like him. That's how I play Smash. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. how I play Smash. I'm like, this character's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I played, I play Sephiroth and all my friends think I'm edgy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like my Smash characters are, it's either like Ridley, Sephiroth, or like someone else, some other edgy character. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. it's like, I want to play Kirby, but then Kirby's the worst character in the game. Yeah. Do you play a lot of Ultimate? I I haven't played a lot of... I haven't been super into Ultimate since the last character came out. Right. When Sora came out, that's kind of when I stopped playing. Yeah. But I do have a bunch of friends. Like, I have, like, five people on my Switch friends list that are they're like, yeah, I have, like, 5,000 hours in Ultimate. Oh, my God. And, like, how the fuck... How, yeah, how do you play that much I Ultimate? play other fighting games, but I don't... I'm not big into Ultimate. Mm. I like... I mean, I like Ultimate playing at parties. Yeah. But, like, if I want to play an actual fighting game, you know, I'm going to sit down and play, like, Street Fighter mm. or, like, Z or something. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. I know some people are going to be listening to this podcast like, what the fuck are they talking about video games for? Because they're awesome. They're awesome. I Listen, if you want to throw it back into the, like, what we were originally talking about, video games is, like, a huge reason why I, like, continue to create music mm -hmm. and art, honestly. Um, my... Do you have any favorite video games? Oh, boy. Um, Is that a hard... If you can't give me a favorite, give me like a five so, that, that you really like. So, all right. We're going to go kind of my my first inspiration mm. uh, is Animal Crossing Wild World. I had that game on my okay. DS. That... That's not a weird pick for Animal Crossing. If you said, <laughs> if you said City Folk, I, that, that one might have been weird. I, but you said Wild World, that's I do fine. I do own City Folk. Wild World will forever have a place in my heart, but just, like, the sound design of that game mm -hmm. and the soundtrack, like, has Coming stuck with DS me. Coming off speakers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stuck with me um, in a way where I was like, this is so charming. And that's really what sparked my love of, like, video game culture. Mm -hmm. um, but the one that really did it with me for the music, and this is such a basic take for people that like OSTs, um, was the Undertale series. Oh my god! I <laughs> yeah, like, I totally get it. It's 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 always in my. I remember so Spotify Wrapped came out today. Every mm -hmm. year I'm horrified at my Spotify Wrapped because ninety percent of it is just like video game music. Yeah, my it's horrible. Twenty twenty, my top artist was Toby Fox because <laughs> it was. Wait, hold on. Let me pull out my. Or I think... was it twenty nineteen? I no, it was twenty twenty because. It was pandemic plus the fact that I was graduating high school and I had like three art finals. Mm -hmm. And so I would just sit in my room and I would paint. See, Toby Fox is my third is my third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like listening to I discovered the soundtrack for that game before I discovered the game. Mm. And I would just listen to that and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like people can do this because it was video game music that holds up. On its own. I know. But also you, holds Like, you do not have to play game. Undertale to listen to it. No, you don't. You don't have to know anything about the game to appreciate the music. And now Toby Fox is doing stuff for the... He's just stuff for the new Pokemon Dude, game. He all... It's... So, over Thanksgiving, one of the... I'm not going to say the reason why Boonpod took a break over Thanksgiving was because of the new Pokemon <laughs> game. But it was a heavy factor. Mm -hmm. I... Th so, uh, it came out and I beat... I beat the new Pokemon game, specifically Scarlet in four days wow. that's all i did 
I beat the whole game and you can, there's like, I think Toby Fox did three tracks for the mm-hmm. game and you can always like, every time I heard it, I'm like, he did that one. Yep. That's his. Mm-hmm. It's like the raid boss theme. And mm-hmm. then like two of the end game ones he did. And you can, you can tell mm-hmm. because it's like the rest of the soundtrack for Pokemon Scarlet is it's good, but it's not like banger. Then you get yeah. to Toby Fox's tracks and you're like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's found, he's, he's managed to like, perfectly nail the balance of immersive where like if you're in a world the world music can repeat over and over again and, you and not get annoying it won't get annoying but you're also going to appreciate it mm-hmm. um and it'll get stuck in your head like worms yeah. oh it's because there aren't many other games that have done that um for me um other than the Undertale mm-hmm. series, um, those songs, I just, I'm like, oh. like, that's the reason I want to keep playing those games over and over is because it, like the art and stuff is great. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is fantastic. The stories the are music. incredible, but the music is what like keeps me going back because that's what sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as like, like late middle school, early high school discovering that I was like, I can't believe people just get to do this for a living. Ever since I started listening to, to the Undertale soundtrack in like I, early high school, for sure, it's that it's dominated my Spotify. Mm-hmm. I can't stop because it'll come. I'll be skipping through my songs and then and a song from Undertale will come on. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I have to listen to it. I have to pause everything. I, I just it's crazy how Toby Fox has like wriggled his way into other games, yeah. especially even like he did stuff for Smash Bros. Did like, he? Him and Sakurai are friends. As they should be. I love both of those guys. But, and then it's really funny. It's like, how the fuck did he, like, how did he get into making music for Pokemon? Because I think he had one track in Sword and Shield. It's such and a then, huge And leap. then now they just keep giving him more music. And I would not be mad if he was the main composer for Pokemon. Because he make his, his tracks work, the way he makes music works really well with Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, really well. I I really like the way that he kind of, in the Pokemon, like, Nintendo, one of the things that has bugged me about, like, the Switch era of Nintendo is they kind of were like, all right, we're going to take all of our themes, but make them, like, acoustic jazz versions. <laughs> like, Mario Kart 8, listening to the, like, way that they did the soundtracks, especially uh, for some of the old, like, not, NES. Do you not like the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack? I have a love-hate relationship with it Mm. some of them are super great and then you listen to the like snes um rainbow road us like theme and what Mm. they did to it and i'm just like no it was so (laughs) cool and 8-bitty but i feel like toby fox has kind of been able to introduce the like tech like weird um like synthesizer digital Mm. aspect of video game music kind of back in and that's probably a personal preference where it's mm-hmm. like, I like the electronic stuff. Like, you can, like, the orchestral stuff is great. Um, but something is really only going to be iconic to me if it has something that makes it stand out, like mm-hmm. like the weird, like, 8-bit synth stuff. Um, and so hearing that kind of introduced back into the, like, Nintendo culture with the Pokemon games, I'm like, oh my it's gosh, so it's good. so good! Like, I will say, I will say, um, the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack is... I, it's one of my favorites. Really? Okay. But um, the coolest thing to me is that they were all, nearly all of the tracks in the game were like recorded 
by a big band jazz band. That is and really I, impressive. It's really especially because they. I think Nintendo has like a bunch of YouTube videos of behind the scenes mm-hmm. where you can actually see them record. And there's one track where you see this guy on a saxophone and he gets done with a solo and his face is like neon red. He I... gets done playing a solo. And it's because some of the tracks in Mario Kart 8 are weirdly very complicated, depending on like whether you're not in first place, how far you, how far you are down the track, how how many laps there's been, and they have like 15 different variations for like nearly every song mm. on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, in the, that's one of the coolest things about it to me. But then also the music is good. Yeah, Mario Kart is surprising to me because it consistently. Like, unlike a lot of Nintendo games, it consistently has good music every game. Yeah, they really, they put a lot of effort into it. I think even more, even more honestly than maybe Smash. I don't know. I haven't sat down and listened to, like, I, I kind of have. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner's, like, a huge Smash nut. Mm-hmm. Um and so we one time just like explored like where all the themes came from and which game did they originate <laughs> in. And um, but they they kind of have like they recycle a lot, mm-hmm. which is like fine for what it is. Like if you're recycling stages, you may as well recycle their music. I I appreciate that. I but... think what happens with the Smash soundtrack is that a lot of the time what they'll do is they'll get the original files, mm-hmm. the original music for all of the games the original all the fighters are in. But then what they'll do is they'll get the composers for those games and invite them. They're like do you want to make a new track for Smash? And a lot of them, like 99% of them are like, yes, absolutely. That's super cool. I didn't know that. I think uh, I think Smash also has one of the largest collections of music in any video game. It is massive. I think, I think Total Smash Ultimate has like maybe 1,600 mm-hmm. songs in it. Wow. And like, I they th- can just compile that stuff. I think like, it's either like a half or a quarter of them are original tracks. Wow. Or like a lot of them will be remixes or right. like other, um, they'll either be original mm-hmm. remixes or completely new compositions mm-hmm. for, just for Smash. Wow. And it's making me wonder how the fuck they made that video game. Yeah. It's how the, like, it's so big. I just, I'm like, no wonder Sakurai's like, yeah, I'm done with Smash <laughs> after Ultimate. I'm like, man, I would be too. I remember <laughs> like... some people, some people online saw that, uh, I think it was like, while he was working on Smash Four for the Wii U, he um, like he had to go to the hospital because of like sleep deprivation, and everybody mm-hmm. online was like, "Sakurai, you can you can delay the game," and he was like, "No, mm-hmm. I'm not delaying the game." Well, that's how uh, the second one, Melee, which is the one that I play oh most God. regularly, Dude, the the fucking <sighs> development history of Melee is one of the most. Don't look. Anyone listening? Yes. Go watch a video on the development history watch, of Melee. Watch the watch the Super Smash Bros. Melee documentary. The it's fact like that they got out, the long. fact that they got that video game out is fucking insane. It's, it's, the fact that they got it out and the fact that it still it's is still like probably universally the most beloved. It's like the two most popular Smash games are like it's either the newest one mm-hmm. or Melee. Yeah, as when the other ones fall off. Everyone goes back everyone, to melee. Everyone goes back to it's melee. It's insane. I was. It, I can't get into melee. You can't. I. Mm. I really enjoy watching it at like fighting game. Yeah. Turn. Like I really like watching it at Evo. Yes. Everything like the big house, whatever. Mm-hmm. I love watching melee. I hate playing melee. It's a it's me. the same thing with like mm-hmm. any other competitive esports game. Most of the time, I hate playing it. Really, that's but interesting. But I can't. I love watching it. 
I I have learned to love playing it because, like I said, my partner is mm-hmm. he. Gosh, he is like that's one of his like biggest type mm-hmm. of fixations. And when we first met, he was like, "You have to learn how to play this." Like, <laughs> like he, we will not be able to be friends if you don't learn how to play melee. And I'm this like, isn't gonna work if you can't. Yeah, play melee. and I was like, okay. And then I learned. And once I got over the hump of like just hating myself every time mm-hmm. I played it because it's so difficult. I, the like, learning curve just, of melee is insane. Oh my insane. god, it's it. Oh. It's, that, honestly, maybe if I got over the learning curve of learning how to play melee, maybe I would like it more. It helps to have a good motivator, because mine was like, well, I'll make, like, this is something that we can do together, and mm-hmm. it'll be fun. And then, I, you know, once I got over that, I was like, okay, cool, now I am, like, at the point where I enjoy this for myself. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that motivator, I would have never picked up the game again. I would have been like, this is stupid. I, I hate this. I probably would have like broken my hands trying to learn how to wave dash yeah like... i i picked a character that doesn't really wave dash oh, so that's who, do you, I who, do you, who do you made in melee peach okay mm-hmm. i thought yeah. you were i thought you were about to say like the worst character in the game bowser, yeah, bowser. <laughs> so, yeah, um, i play bowser all right yeah good luck i love melee i play Bowser. peach is a respectable pick yeah I, I like I like her. She's weird compared mm-hmm. to like all the other characters um at least you're not like oh yeah i play fox Cool. Well, I'm, my partner's a Falco man, which oh, okay. is a little Falco, more... Res- Falco is more respectable. It's more respectable than Fox, um, because it's like... It's everybody's like, oh, you play Falco, just play Fox. And it's like, I don't know. There's something like impressive about being like, no, I'm going to go against the mm-hmm. curve. Um, I don't know any... I know, I know there's not much of a difference between the two. Yeah. I, I think I think the only difference is that like Falco's like slightly worse. But like ever so slightly, I think. So that's something you'd have to talk to him about because he'd he'd hear that and be like, "All right, let me talk Dude. to you for like thirty <laughs> minutes about the differences between these two characters." And I'm not even gonna try to replicate mm-hmm. what he would say because I would do it wrong. Um, I I know there are differences. Something about like the the shine and the laser. I think Falco's laser stuns. That's the one thing. I, I think, think you're right. I. Th- I think everything else. I'm not though, a I'm gonna head. shut my mouth because I've played. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I've played. I think I can. I can say I've probably played a total of maybe three hours of Melee in yeah. my entire life. Ultimate, I think I have like 500 hours in Ultimate. Wow. But like, mm-hmm. um, Melee? Mm-mm. Yeah. I just, I, I can't get into it. It's hard. It's it's definitely... It's the learning Ultimate, curve. Ultimate is easy for people who, like, you can play it competitively, but you can play Ultimate casually. Mm-hmm. Melee, you can't. You can't, you you can't cannot play Melee, melee casually. You gotta be on the grind that's why that's i me honestly probably one of the reasons why i haven't got into melee is because of the melee elitists where anytime a new smash comes out they're like it's not as good as melee mm-hmm. it's like you, you fucking try and teach an eight-year-old how to play melee an eight-year-old can hop into ultimate and have fun i got my ass kicked by my nine-year-old cousin uh <laughs> in ultimate well okay to be fair it was kind of even um once we turned items off, oh, okay. but before we turned items off, he was kicking my ass in ultimate over Thanksgiving break. Um, and like, like, so that's just like, the thing is, you know, if we were playing melee, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to do that. Cause oh, yeah. like me as a 20 year old, I'm <laughs> that like, fucker doesn't oh. know how to wave dash. <laughs> yeah. Where's your, where's your, show me your, Bro, you can't card. even L cancel. Yeah. Can't even ledge dash. You can't oh even God. perfect shine, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> How are your Firefox angles? <laughs> <laughs> you come oh, over man. with a custom like three hundred dollar GameCube mm-hmm. controller. Have you ever have you ever watched any stuff box. on that? 
Uh, yes. That's one of my the most interesting. One of the most interesting things about Melee is people getting into super customized controllers. Well, the the prize for the most recent summit, I don't remember the number. It was like fourteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, was a fully customized workable Wii. Like it Ooh. was, it was made out of wood. Like the casing was made out of wood, which was insane. But it had this glass panel showed all the insides mm-hmm. and it like was lit up green and it had oh the symbol on it. It was awesome. sexy. And that was like the grand prize for mm. winning. That and like a case of Red Bull because it's a gaming <laughs> it's like a gaming uh, competition. So, um, but just like looking at that stuff, people that like mod any sort of like video it, game for like either for performance or aesthetic purposes, mm-hmm. I'm always just like, I wish I could do that. Or like, especially it's it's the whole thing of where I'm like, I am not into playing Melee at all. Mm-hmm. I really like watching everything around it. Like, yes. watching people play. I like watching me- a bunch of, like, Melee Twitch streamers. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I know this is going to sound normally as fuck, but, like, Mango. Yeah. Or, like, um, who else? Hbox. I really like Hbox. As, I, I as really much like as, Hbox, too. As much as people... I know hey, Hbox gets a lot of hate online. He does. He only gets hate because he's the best Melee player to ever exist. He just... He cheeses everybody, and they get mad about it. And I'm like, yo, just be good. Clearly a skill issue. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Um, Review the disc. Like, I'm... I know some people will be listening, but like, oh, fuck Hbox. It's like, well, sorry, he's the best. Yeah. There, there will literally never be another... Smat melee player like Hbox. He not only is he the best. Well, and I think I think what sets him sets him apart from other people. Like the reason that he's different than Mewtwo King is because he's like there's just so many things about him that are iconic. Mm-hmm. So not only is he just fantastic, he, at what he, he just is has what a he great does, personality. He just he, like he just iconic. is the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. He's I the amount of times that I've watched the video of him passing out. <laughs> <laughs> from screaming so loud. I know exactly what you're talking about. And he wakes up and has to watch it. And he's like, "Oh my god!" Have you That's ever so seen funny. the Have you ever seen the video where he was playing? He was playing in a majors, mm-hmm. and someone threw a crab at him. No, what? Okay, so there's one. He was playing in a majors, and I don't remember if he lost or won. But he no, he won because he got up and he was like, he was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" to the crowd, and then someone threw a live crab at him. Oh my god. And that is the maddest I've ever seen. I mean, to be fair, I'd be mad too. Actually, no. If someone threw a crab at me on stage, that'd be hilarious. I think that was so funny. He was like furious. Oh, no. Like, understandably so. Right, yeah. But someone threw a live crab at him at a majors. And, like, it's one of the most famous melee clips of all time. I'll have to look that up. I I think maybe he was playing, like, Zane or, like, Mango or something. But, like, he. It, it's really funny, but at the same time, I'm like, that. why'd you do that? Yeah. See, but, like, I don't... I wish I could get into Melee. Because mm-hmm. it is something I really like enjoying. Like, I really enjoy watching Melee. Yeah. I just can't get into it. It's so fun to watch. Like, it's so much more interesting than watching Ultimate. But, like, I will say, like, I've talked to people online. I've talked to people that play the game. And it's like, yeah, in order to, like, really be, like, competitively viable, it you have to play for, like, four plus years. And I'm yeah. like, I don't... Like, in four plus years, I probably will like a, it's not like a, have the time like to invest <laughs> in that unless I, like... I'm like, yes, I want to be a gamer. I want to mm. stream. I, like, I... Yeah, it, I just can't do it. I can't I can't grind it's that like, hard hmm, on Melee. play 7,000 hours of Melee or just hop into Ultimate and have fun. Yeah. It's, you know... I mean, that's... I know I, which one I'm going to pick. I could, the, the game that I competitively play is Mario Kart because I'm mm-hmm. like, it's 
even if I have to take like a month break off of it, I play you for can, two you, hours and I'm back. You're back I'm into back it. where I was. Um, I'm not like that with fighting games. I am there's I um so there's there's only ever been one fighting game that I got really really into and it's Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, interesting. It's probably my favorite fighting game. Yeah, and I fucking love that game. Mm-hmm. It's the only fighting game where I'm like, yes, I am like half decent at it. Yeah. But every time I've tried to play it recently, I'm like, I am so fucking rusty. I can't keep up combos. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But I still enjoy playing it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's but like... I'm I'm not big into competitive gaming at all. Mm-hmm. I I used to be back in like high school, middle school. Right. Like I used to be really into playing like CS or mm-hmm. even uh high school, I got really big into competitive Overwatch. Oh, and then um, I put like 2000 hours into Overwatch and then a, a lot of my fr- maybe they're listening. A lot of my friends got really mad at me uh, because I just stopped playing. Uh, yeah. I just I dropped the game completely and I've tried Overwatch too. And I do like I like playing it casually. But every time my friends are like, yeah, let's play competitive. I'm like, no. Yeah. I am so disinterested in playing competitive games. It takes the fun out of it sometimes. It especially does. if it's something that you haven't put that amount of hours mm-hmm. into and you know you can hold your own. If you're just getting your ass kicked for like an hour, you're like, it's not this fun. is not fun. Like if I can't if I can't play with my friends and like every time I play Reinhardt and kill somebody with my ultimate, say D's nuts. Like what's yeah. the point? Yeah. Like I if I'm not having if you're not if you're playing a game and you're not having fun, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And to, if you're... to quote my my Lord and Heavy and Reggie Fizeme, yeah. if the game isn't fun, why bother? Yeah, literally. I and like for people that have made it their careers, like I, I understand that like to some extent it's work, but that's mm-hmm. that's why I'm not a competitive gamer is because at that all point, the other shit I do is work. Games are the place mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is just fun. I I don't think I could ever be a competitive gamer because if I got into a game that was like that I had a lot of fun with and I was really mm-hmm. good at, I feel like playing it competitively for like money, you it's probably it sucks all the fun out of it. That's what I because I've think talked too. to. I mean, to link it back to music, mm-hmm. I I know I I know a few musicians where once they started like doing music as their career, it like kind of sucked the fun mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, I mean that's why I do this as a hobby. Because well, it, it is really fun to do podcasting as a hobby, mm-hmm. I think. Right? Because I think the one of the main reasons why I started doing this is because I just like talking to people. Yeah. And I noticed I'm like, there's so many cool people doing cool things in Boone. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to them. Yeah, And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'll just record it. Yeah. And, you know, like keeping that pressure off yourself mm-hmm. is huge. Like that's – like me as an artist, when people ask me, they're like, so like do you want to tour? Do you want to – and I'm like, no, I just – I want to make the shit yeah, that I want to make. You just want to make music. I want to have my, like, money come... That's why I'm getting the degree I'm getting, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm in school to be an audio engineer, so that way, like, the work can come from, like, a workplace. Mm-hmm. My... What's going to sustain me, hopefully, is not, like, my creative endeavors. Um, if they make me a little money, like, that's great, but I want to be able to still, like, separate my work from my play, mm-hmm. and so, like, the the actual work aspect of my musicianship is when i come into the studio and i help record bands and i mix for bands and sometimes i love that sometimes it's a little bit tedious and Mm -hmm. boring but that way when i come into the studio and just record myself you can actually enjoy it yeah and i don't have to like the pressure is not on like oh this has to make money and i have to make something commercially successful it's like no i've already got stuff bringing in income Mm -hmm. the the creative stuff is like that's just the fun bit and it just gets to do whatever it wants with like, no pressure if i had to do this podcast for a job i'd probably be shitting bricks yeah <laughs> i kind of just do like doing it as a hobby 
And I'm, yeah. we'll see how long I do it for. Mm-hmm. I plan on doing it at least till I graduate. Yeah. And then um, I was talking about it with someone the other day. And I would like to continue doing this even after I graduate, but mm-hmm. it'd be a lot harder. So I had the idea of maybe passing the torch mm-hmm. to someone else, but that would be really hard to pick. Yeah. Like I'd have to, because at that point, the moment I pick someone else, I'm stepping away. Right. Like I'll help them out and stuff. But like the moment, if I ever pass the torch onto someone else doing this podcast, it's over. Like I'm, I'm stepping away. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll come back on for an episode, but yeah. it would be really. I'd have to be. I'd have to really trust someone to, right. that, to pass this on because I mean, as much as this is like a shitty little hobby project, um, I do enjoy it. Yeah, no, I do like doing it. Yeah, it's important. I. I remember the first time I ever had someone, um, one of my one of my best friends in the world, reach out to me, and he was like, "Hey, I was listening to your podcast," and I was like. <gasps> Oh my, like I, I was nearly moved. I, I was nearly moved to tears because I was like, I, and he, he was like all us being best friends aside. Um, like I really enjoy your podcast and I think it's really, Aww. I think I really like what you're doing. That's and so I was sweet. like, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And then now every time someone tells me they listen, I'm like, you fucking listen to my podcast or like getting, like, I remember one of my episodes has like, I think it has like 45 views and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like people listen to my shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I remember the first time one of my songs, um, it's the only song that's done this, mm-hmm. uh, hit over a thousand streams. And for some people, that's like, yeah, that's a sneeze I make that in a mm-hmm. day. And I'm like, this is important to me. Um, that's a big like, milestone. It was huge. I, the fact that people like listen to it and the fact that people were listening to it when I wasn't just plugging it and, you know, people are like, yeah, no, I genuinely enjoy this. And like, I'm not listening to it just to appease you like mm-hmm. i like your music i was like oh like you're not just doing this out of courtesy to me <laughs> that's that's when it starts to be like when it's not just like my mom like mm-hmm. yeah you're done great um that's kind of when it becomes real so i'm like oh like people actually, actually like, support this i know and there there is space like you know, as much as I said earlier, like, I'm just going to keep doing this for me. Having that external validation of, like... It definitely helps out. Yeah. Sure. It, it it makes you feel like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. Like, I'm putting... I'm investing time and money in mm-hmm. this for a reason. Um, It kind of makes it worth it, I guess. Hey, this is the cheapest podcast I think anyone's ever done. I haven't spent a dime on this. Good. Good for yet, you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. This Play thing's not making a profit, so I'm not spending any money on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe you could say I did buy one thing for the podcast, and I, I bought an SD card reader. Oh, but well. That's like tangentially for the podcast. Yeah. I've never bought any mics or anything. Mm-hmm. Because the whole reason why I record it here on campus is not only the people that I interview, they're probably going to be on campus the day I, you know, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Because they're always going to be close. That's why I always try to... I, I try to always interview people who are currently App State students. Mm, yeah. I'm not opposed to to doing alum or people that are, have no nothing to do with App State. But right. it helps that w- the people I usually interview are always on campus. And they're always close to campus. But, you know, I, I don't want to record in my apartment. Because yeah. if I record in my apartment, first of all, not only do I not have a mic as good as the ones I'm recording on, it's like the HyperX Quadcast S or something. Mm-hmm. It sounds fine. Not what I'd want to go for for right. a podcast. But then you'd also hear my neighbors smoking weed and coughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want that. So, yeah, as many times I have to shove people in a broom closet to talk to them, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Sorry for ranting. It's not <laughs> no. even really a rant. I'm just no, 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 talking I, about shit. Yeah, I get it. I also, I mean, I record a ton of stuff at the school too, just because like, I don't blame uh, there you. Is so the much... studio we're recording in right now is possibly one of the nicest it rooms is... I've ever set oh, foot in my it's life. It's worth like almost a million dollars. Jesus, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So like the, the reason I'm not going to like buy my own stuff and work in my own home studio is like, I will never have the access to this kind of equipment <laughs> again. I may as well take advantage of it while I'm still in mm-hmm. school. Like, oh yeah, no. Make my tuition work for me. That's why I um. That's why I use the audio recording room in yeah, the library yeah, so much because I'm like, well, it's there. Mm-hmm. And I know um, you were talking about earlier how one of the one of the big things why you started making music is that you just had that stuff around you. Same thing with this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I have access to a really nice microphone. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people on campus that are doing really cool creative stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm like. I might as well make yeah, a podcast as well. because I realized um, nobody else was really doing the like the long form interview. Right. Because um, like we were talking about before we were recording um, Booncast, they they have an interview show. But even then, when I asked them on their when I asked them when I, on the episode they're on, they're like, I don't even really know how to classify it. Yeah. But um, it is kind of just the interview show. Well, and, and it's then, its own separate you know thing. It's in a different medium. Mm-hmm. It's. I know I couldn't do video. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I don't really, um, I know some people listening are be like, you talk about this every fucking episode. <laughs> I don't really show my face when it comes mm-hmm. to Boon Pod. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my own personal Instagram account, but at least on the Boon Pod. Right. Um, Instagram account, the Boon Pod YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Um, I never show my face because mm-hmm. I don't want it to be about me. Right. It's about the people I'm interviewing. Yeah. So, um, as pretentious as that sounds. No, that's, I, I think it's, I get um, it. I don't want to, I don't. Like, I'm kind of just like a medium mm-hmm. for the viewers, I like to think, where it's like, yeah, because the people that are listening are like, you know, I don't I don't know if they're listening for me or for the people I'm interviewing. But like, at least for the people I'm interviewing, it's um, I do want to be like, because like, I think most of the people that are going to listen to this are like, you know, fans of you or fans of whoever mm-hmm. I have on. So I try to ask the questions that I think think that the people are wanting but then you know we talked about mario kart for 40 minutes yeah so. well i mean if they're a fan of me that's what they should expect so mm. <laughs> sorry guys i know uh, you, you wanted me to talk about the stuff i'm doing the stuff i'm doing is playing video the games stuff I'm, the, the stuff she's doing is competitive mario kart yep. <laughs> maybe a little bit of music spiced in there but a lot of it's mario kart <laughs> I remember I had somebody ask me uh, like a day or two ago. I was like, uh, they're like, where are all the Boon Pod episodes? I'm like, oh, going on a break for Thanksgiving. And then back in my mind, I'm like, I played Pokemon for 60 hours straight. I took a mental health break. I, played, I took a mental health break. <laughs> Coincidentally, I have to take a mental health break every time a new Pokemon game comes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I Because I'm not that big into RPGs. Mm. I'm really not that big into them. I've tried, like, I really, I've tried to play like Final Fantasy VII like eight times, and I can never mm-hmm. really get into it. Something about Pokemon, it's like cocaine. I cannot. Every time I do Pokemon games, I cannot stop myself from it's playing. It's like it. it's it's totally a different world. Like it's it's basically a subcategory of an RPG. It's yeah. just like a Pokemon RPG because the mechanics are like so different from every mm-hmm. every other RPG that there can be. It's like you're not. It's like you have your own character, but you're not fighting any of the battles. You're you're, you're collecting your little friends that go out and fight for you. It's also great that I can, you know, catch a Pokemon and name it Jeff. Yeah. Shout out to one of my Pokemon <laughs> on my Scarlet playthrough who is I think it's called a Toad's Cruel. It's um it's you know what a Tentacruel is? Yes. It's one of those, but it's a new regional variant where Ooh. it walks on land. 
cool. And it's called it's the evolution is called Toad's Cruel, but the the minor evolution. It's just the same one as the blue one, mm-hmm. but it walks on its little tentacles, <laughs> and I named it Jeff. I love that. I didn't end up using it, With, but um, I have it. Who's your starter for Scarlet? Fuacoco, the nice. best starter. Yeah. I, named, I, I feel bad because I'm like, I don't know what to name it. I named it Fuego. If you check, <laughs> if you check the Boonpod Instagram right now, listener, you can see the Boonpod official Pokemon team. Right. I think I saw that. Yeah. It's, um, I somebody, somebody commented. He was like, it's been four days. How did you beat the game? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I work in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Pulling all nighters into like four I am or five on in the morning that playing Pokemon. Grind, guys. But um, I don't. I just I can't stop myself from playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Even like even after I beat the game, I'm like, what if I buy Violet and play that? <laughs> I'm extremely tempted to buy Violet and play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Get the full experience. I just I can't stop myself from playing Pokemon. My roommate mm-hmm. was like, you're addicted. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Yeah, it's better than being addicted. To heroin, so yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah, heroin, heroin addiction, Pokemon addiction—they go tomato hand potato. in. Yeah. They go hand in yeah. hand. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Sorry, I, I'm shooting Pokemon today. <laughs> <laughs> Mason, stop! This is the fifth time you've shot up Pokemon this week. I can't. Pikachu needs me. I need to catch Coridon. <laughs> Have you seen Lechong? I don't like Lechong. You don't like Lechong? <laughs> I remember. Uh. The, so the day the game came out, I was having a Friendsgiving with my friends. Mm-hmm. And um, right before we started the, fr- the Friendsgiving, I was waiting for everybody to get there. I brought in my food that I made. And I was sitting there on my Switch, and I because I, I brought my Switch, because I'm like, mm-hmm. the Pokemon game came out today. I have to be playing mm-hmm. it. And my friend was like, why don't you have a Lechonk? I'm like, I... I, I just don't like it. I'm not a... I don't like the design. Usually, I tell my friends, um, usually all of the Pokemon on a team are based not on how good they are competitively. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. exclusively cool factor. So you that's, can do that with Pokemon. So that's why yeah. every game that I have a... Every game that has Garchomp, I have Garchomp mm-hmm. on my team. Every... Like, I think my Pokemon Arceus team, Garchomp. Scarlet and Violet, I almost had a Garchomp. Mm-hmm. The Diamond and Pearl remakes, Garchomp. Sword and Shield, I think I also had a Garchomp. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, that's, I think that might be my favorite Pokemon. Nice. That or Blaziken. Do you have a favorite Pokemon? Um, my favorite Pokemon is. As long as you don't say Lechonk. It's not Lechonk. Okay. My favorite Pokemon, this is going to sound so weird, but it's Crustle. Because. What does Crustle look like? Crustle is the evolved form of Dwebble. Um, he's a big old hermit crab with like a, like a big rock on his back i had so i never played pokemon games as a kid i collected the cards Mm -hmm. oh this guy yes okay that's a solid pick Mm -hmm. that's a solid pick and so he like he's not the best i um he's just a cool guy he's just a cool guy and because i had him i had dwebble and him Mm -hmm. they're like my (laughs) like i I love those guys and so he just has a little special Mm. place in my heart do you name your pokemon or do you are you a psychopath freak that doesn't name their Pokemon? I no, I name my Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. I so I really have only played like I I don't own a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Um just, aside from the like them. yes. I whenever I've played them, I've played them with like friends. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, like when I would choose to spend money on video games as a kid, I would never choose the Pokemon games. Um 
because I had it was the cards. another copy of Mario Kart. Yeah, no, it was it was another copy of Mario Kart. It was the newest. <laughs> Natalie, Mario... you have seven copies of Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, <laughs> it was more. that or some like weird DS game. Mm. Like, every, if there was a not any of the good, not any of the good mm-hmm. DS games. Yeah, you know, just some weird like lawn mowing simulator or something. I have um. Oh, what's my weirdest DS game? I had a lot of educational DS games that my mom So, like, Brain Age? Yes. Like, Brain Age and the, like, Brain Quest series. Mm -hmm. They all had, like, something to do with brain. I had an Animal Rescue one that was cool. It was, like, a wildlife rescue. Did you have any of, like, Nintendogs or Nintendogs? I didn't have Nintendogs. I had a... I had Nintendogs. Yeah. I I surprisingly didn't. Um, My favorite DS games, though, were the... um, the Mario RPG games. Ooh. The, like like Bowser's Inside Story. God, I love Bowser's that game. Inside, that is one game that I regret. Because I had it as a kid, and mm-hmm. then I got... I think I sold it to GameStop. Mm-hmm. Another tragedy. Yeah. But um, I never beat it. Me I got, neither. like, right up to the end of the game, and then I got to a boss, and I'm like, I cannot beat Even this. Even as an adult, I just... It becomes frustrating so mm-hmm. quickly. Like, once you get into the higher level, I'll fall off of it, and then I'll be like, I want to restart, and I'll get to the same place... And I'll, I'll stop. Like, it, it, it's happened, like, three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, I think the next time I'm like, hmm, I want to buy a new video game. I'm like, no. I'm <laughs> going to finish Bowser's Inside Story. Because that game, w- one of the best stories, really good music, really good character design. It sucks that the company that made those shut down. I, so, I am so sad. <laughs> about it i what's they went bankrupt Mm -hmm. which i'm like which it's fucking crazy that nintendo never bought that company yeah because nintendo does that a lot with companies because nintendo isn't like um xbox or like sony Mm -hmm. where they will um xbox microsoft and sony will any studio that even makes a remotely like six out of ten game they're like you're ours now i'm surprised it took microsoft so long to buy mojang oh yeah like as soon as they put that shit on uh, the Xbox, I was like, and it's no longer its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Nintendo, um, they've only recently started buying studios. But some of their biggest games ever made were made by other studios, and Nintendo never bought them. Yeah. Like, it's happened to, like, three different companies. Like, uh, for instance, Camelot. They're the company that made uh, Mario Tennis. Mm, um, yes. All of the Mario sports games. Right. They were made by Camelot. And I think Camelot, I don't remember if they went out of business or they just don't work with Nintendo anymore. But Nintendo never bought them. Nintendo never bought Hudson Soft. Hudson Soft Hudson made... Soft, the, most of the, a lot of the Mario Party. Yes, they were like the first like six Mario Party games. All the good ones. All the good they ones made were made by ones. Hudson yeah. Soft. And then Intelligent Systems, people mm. who made the Mario RPGs. I can't, I can't remember whether uh, Nintendo did end up buying Level 5. Because Level 5 made some of my favorite games. What did Level 5 make? I'm not uh, sure. They made the Professor Layton games. Oh. That was their um, biggest... Let me... Okay, I need to look this up because I was actually... I was in New York recently, mm-hmm. and I went to the t- Nintendo store, um, and while I was buying my stuff, I talked to the guy, and he was talking about Level 5, and I can't remember what game he said they recently worked on. Hmm. So I, the fact that they're still up... Um, I'm typing as I say this, um, makes me feel like Nintendo may have bought them because, um, not the, is level five owned by Nintendo? 
Let's see. They did all the they did all the like yokai watch games. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what else did they do? The failed Pokemon. They did Dragon Quest. Um, that was for PlayStation, so they've worked with PlayStation. So Nintendo might not own them. I don't. Oh, well, it looks like they have only worked on Nintendo stuff since two thousand and nine. Okay. Um. Because I'm trying to think of the other Nintendo, like the only big Nintendo uh, studio that I can think of that they've bought was Retro Studios. Right. And they made uh, they made all of the Metroid Prime games. They made the mm-hmm. they made the Mario Soccer games, so the Mario Strikers. Oh my! They God, were made by Retro Studios, game. and then um, I think Nintendo do- Nintendo does for sure own Retro Studios, mm-hmm. but it took them forever. What what happens a lot with Nintendo Studios is that Nintendo will work with these studios. They will make some of the biggest Nintendo games, highest rated, and then they'll go out of business because Nintendo didn't buy them. Nintendo's only started recently doing that. Nintendo mm-hmm. even recently bought like a film CG company to make Nintendo movies. It's called Nintendo. They they bought it and then they renamed it to Nintendo Films. Mm-hmm. And they um I think they they made a lot of 3D stuff. But if you ever saw the Pikmin shorts, yeah, they were okay, made. That's cool. Yeah, so they were made by them, and then Nintendo bought them recently and changed their name to Nintendo Films because they're you know making a whole movie yeah. now. Which... So they're working on something, and I hope it's – if they made a Zelda movie, oh, God. That would be cool. But, I um, – personally, I'm excited for the Super Mario movie. I am so I, fucking excited for that movie. I watched the trailer. Have you watched the new one? Yes. It oh, looks so good. So, and, and here's the thing. The only thing I think is going to suck about it is that Chris Pratt should not have been oh, voicing yeah. Mario. That's, because it, he's so flat with it. He even – he does the, like – like the badass version, he goes, "Let's go," and I'm like, "Stop!" I will say, his, "Why would you do this?" I'm not big on. I I don't think Chris Pratt's the right voice actor for Mario, Mm-mm. but he definitely he was better in the second trailer. I think. He, yeah. So I think that's gonna be the only part of the movie I don't like. But then it's like every other voice is perfect. Like Jack tra- Black is Bowser. That is an Are awesome pick. Are you serious? Charlie Day is Luigi. Oh my god. Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Literally, uh. maybe. We haven't heard um, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. He was yet. in the trailer and he talked about being Donkey Kong, but he didn't. He actually didn't say have a Donkey Kong didn't say anything in the trailer. Donkey <laughs> Kong like, slapped Mario. Around. Yeah, I think that's going to be good though. Seth um, Rogen will probably be fine as Donkey Kong, but like every other voice actor is awesome except mm-hmm. for Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's the one. That's like the weak. He's like the weak link, and but like honestly. The fact that it's just going to be meh and not bad, I'm, like, okay with. Yeah. Um, I just, I, as somebody who wants to, like, go into sound design for movies, though, and, like, do that kind of stuff, um, I'm just like, no, you gotta make this, like, you gotta make this iconic. Like, the best casting for a video game movie was, I think, the Sonic movies. Ben Schwartz playing yes. Sonic. Did you hear, though? Perfect. Originally. Have you seen the list of the people they wanted to play Sonic? Oh, Chris yes. Chris Pratt was one of the mm-hmm. original people that they wanted to play Sonic. Mm-hmm. No. He was originally, he was, he, they wanted him to play Sonic and the guy, the cop. What's his name? Do you remember his I name? I don't remember his name. They wanted Chris Pratt to play one That's of those. That's dumb. But it didn't happen. But, um, I'm so, but like all of the Sonic stuff is very good. Mm-hmm. So both Sonic movies are fantastic. I nearly shit my pants when I finished watching the second one because, you know, you see Shadow. Yes. And um, they've got the guy who is, um, who writes the Sonic comics. 
who really? to yeah he works on the story mm-hmm. for the movies and he's working on the story they actually hired him for the new sonic game for sonic frontiers mm-hmm. and another game i need to play at some point i hope it's gonna be good Sonic but, games are really i am a i'm a sonic fan apologist because i love oh, sonic okay yeah. so um but sonic frontiers from what i've heard it is really good it has really high reviews and they even announced like three free massive content updates today. Oh. And Sega was like, yeah, they're all free. So Hell they're yeah. like, they're like, here's like three new story expansions. They're all free. God, I love and that. everybody was like, you know, good on you, Sega. Each, good yeah. on you. So, so, Sega's been doing really good with Sonic very recently. Like with uh, Sonic Mania, the two Sonic mm-hmm. movies, Sonic Frontiers. They've been doing. Sonic Generations was not. A Sonic, bad game. Sonic Generations was probably the last really good sonic game mm-hmm. sonic generations i've got like 200 hours on that game on really Steam. wow it's i fucking love sonic generations it's so good you want to talk about good soundtrack sonic it's been well so there's Dude, there's that's two why subsets. If, if, if you check my if you check my spotify wrapped number yeah. one is <laughs> sega sound team and then it's sega sound team and then capcom sound team so the i'm so surprised this didn't make it onto the list because whenever i would like look at my spotify stats mm-hmm. it was always like oh it's up there is the uh, palm tree panic mix <gasps> which version the p mix yes it's so good oh my it's, god i love that song dude i sonic's the sonic cd soundtrack might be my favorite sonic oh, soundtrack it's so sonic's, good sonic's I'm glad I can finally talk to another person that's like, yes, Sonic CD. Well, and then... I've never beaten Sonic CD, the mm-hmm. gameplay. Yeah. But Sonic CD, music-wise, so oh my god. Good. It's so good. And then you've got the, um... You've got the, like... New Age Sonic, where it gets into, like... Like, the Sonic Frontiers. I saw a trailer for it, and my partner and I we were both just like... Where's the, like... The, it's, like, pretty boy, like emo <laughs> i have in the trailer which is not bad but then you like every time knuckles comes on it's like new metal and like like it just it's mm-hmm. so out there it's so different still compared mm-hmm. to what video games do um it's just it will never not be like either really funny or like really iconic to me i um i have heard the, i haven't listened to any of it but i have heard all of the music in frontiers is very good mm-hmm. i've heard it's a little um, sleeping with sirens-esque from what i've heard what is sleeping with sirens it is a i don't listen to a lot of emo <laughs> music um me either it's a mid 2000s like emo band yeah okay i, I think it's emo band. don't come at me if it's not i'm sorry dude i could fucking <laughs> talk about video game soundtracks all day. Me too. I have a... My friends make fun of me for it. I have a Spotify playlist that... It's called Good Game Soundtracks. It is 500 songs. What? Oh my gosh. And it's literally any any video game song that I can find on Spotify, it's on there. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's got all the... It, it, it's like my most embarrassing playlist. It's got all the Halo music. Mm. It's got all the Sonics music. Um... <laughs> It would have Mario. It would have Nintendo music. If fucking Nintendo would put their music Literally. on streaming services, uh. it pisses me off so bad. Yeah. They would, dude. Seriously, if Nintendo put their music on like Spotify, oh my god. I would never listen to anything else again. Me either. Because it's wh- what's weird is that um, you know Hal Laboratories, the people who make Kirby. Yes. Hal Laboratories is not owned by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They just. It's like it's like it's almost the same situation as Pokemon. Pokemon is not owned by Nintendo. Pokemon is owned by the Pokemon Company, right? Which Nintendo does have a controlling share in, but it's like technically 
I think technically Pokemon, the Pokemon company could put Pokemon games on other consoles, but because Nintendo has a controlling share in it, they don't. And I, I can't but, imagine playing a Pokemon game so on the platform. It maybe it'd be good for the graphics, but um, um, <laughs> yeah. so how, PC games. How Laboratories is not owned by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They just make Kirby games, and they've always made games with Nintendo. But so because they are not owned by Nintendo, the Kirby devs regularly put the Kirby music on Spotify. I didn't know. So I think it's not every Kirby game, but right. a lot of them are on Spotify. That's good to know. So I know that, like the Kirby Planet Robobot soundtrack, that's on Spotify. I wonder, okay, now I got to research because one of my favorite Kirby games is Kirby's Dream Course. I Kirby's Dream Course. I love That one's probably not on Spotify if I had to guess. I have, I, I, yeah, but. They need I, to put the Kirby Air Ride soundtrack on Spotify. Yes. Those are the last, I think, I think Air Ride was the last Kirby game soccer I worked on. I think. No. The last Kirby game um, soccer I worked on was Magic Mirror. I got excited, but it's just a bunch of the, like, somebody did a cover of it and uploaded it to Spotify. I but... kn- Dude, any video game cover music on Spotify, I'm like, I'm immediately like, nope, sorry. I don't, like, I won't listen to it. Yeah. But, um. Because they'll always be like, yeah, it's super close. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to the karaoke version of the Super Mario like, Galaxy li- soundtrack. I want to listen to the actual, I want to listen to fucking Gusty Gardens Galaxy. Yes! Now. Please. It fucks me because Nintendo will release their music. Mm-hmm. But they'll release it on CDs. Like, um, they did release both Galaxy soundtracks on CDs. I'm going to buy the CDs and just, that's, when you good, get into my car, yeah. that's all you get to but, listen like, to. Like, good luck finding them, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like 200 bucks easy for those CDs. And what what Nintendo will do is they'll put all their coolest stuff. What they used to do is they'll put all their coolest stuff through uh, Club Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And then they'll never release it. So like a lot of this game soundtracks they'll release through Club Nintendo. It's like, oh, you have to have a certain amount of Nintendo points to get it. It's like, let me buy it on fucking Amazon. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You're good. But um, it's Nintendo. I love their games so much. They do so many weird things. Yeah. I hate having to be the guy um, apologizing for Nintendo I, games. I hate having to be a Nintendo apologist, but, like, I'm but like, I will so always love Nintendo more than anything. Because it's like, I'm they'll sorry. do, they'll make so many good games. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like dude, when the Switch came out, it's probably the biggest burst of best Nintendo games ever. Oh, Super Mario got... Odyssey? Oh, I said my... Odyssey. It's dude, Odyssey. if I could that... buy the Odyssey soundtrack, good God almighty. That, that game. Because it's so good. Nailed... It's so creative. It nailed the idea. Like, I think that's one of the best examples of, like, quote unquote, immersive audio mm-hmm. that we're going to get in a Nintendo game because, like. Maybe Breath of the Wild would be close, Breath too. of the Wild is close. Like, I love Breath of the Wild, but something about Super Mario Odyssey, the fact where it was, like, it is a little bit more open world, but also linear, but, like, the music kind of helps you, mm-hmm. helps guide you through the level. And levels. you can also do nearly anything in any order you want to. It's just, Fantastic. it's a masterpiece of a game. It, uh, and it makes me so mad that we're, uh, we haven't gotten a new Mario game since Odyssey. Mm-mm. And that was, not a new like, that was 2017. Show, yeah. So it's that been, was 2017. Yeah. Oh my God. Because uh, I, it, Odyssey wasn't a Switch launch. It was like a few months after. Right. I know Breath of the Wild was. Breath of the Wild was a if title Breath game. Of the, if Breath of the Wild, in honesty, if Breath of the Wild was not a launch title, I think the Switch would have bombed. I do too. But, um... God, Breath of the Wild, that game. Because didn't man. have a Mario Kart game. It, no, it, they it, didn't. It just was... They just re They remastered 8 
And it was it was just it without the DLC content that you could buy on the Wii. Well, it would, no, the DLC the was the DLC was included, right? And then now they're releasing more DLC for it, which is so a fun. little too late. I know. I there were rumors like a few months ago saying it very credibly, very credible rumors saying that they're working on another Mario Kart game. They're working on Mario Kart Nine. I think we're not going to get another like big Mario game though. Next console, it's either going to be next console or it's going to be like a good year after the Mm -hmm. movie releases because I think that's probably what they're focusing on now. Um, I love how this podcast has just turned into us like like we talk about Mm -hmm. Nintendo. (laughs) Um, what's up? Oh, okay, you're good. You gonna try and fix it? Yeah. True. Godspeed, soldier. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> Sorry, we were interrupted yeah. there. Studio but, manager uh, Jake Kramer, yeah. everybody. But um, yeah, we're probably not gonna get another Mario game until next console. If I yeah. Ideas. Luckily, we're getting Breath of the Wild two. Oh, I'm so next excited! Year. I literally. When that game comes out, I will not. I'm not coming out of my cave. No, you're not going to see me. No, <laughs> well, I'm I mean that's what happened in a when, week. when Pokemon came out. That's what happened, mm-hmm. dude. When um when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, sorry, I'm going to become insufferable, guys. Sorry, yeah, no, sorry. There's probably when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, probably no Boon Pod for a while. You're gonna, ho- yeah. Let's hope that I release this album before Tears of the Kingdom, which I don't <laughs> think I will. Um, I don't, because I, otherwise, I don't, you're not going to get it. What's the release date for Tears of the Kingdom? I don't, it's, I don't know. I know the Mario movie comes out in April of next year. Uh, May 12th. Oh boy. So right after next semester ends. Oh, thank God it's after next semester ends. That's going to be my reward for finishing. if it came out during the semester, I would probably fail. I think so too. Like it's. Like, I know, I know it's like, oh, video games, you should, school is more important. I'm sorry. It's Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, I. School might be more important on, like, a societal level, but to uh, my brain level, video games. <laughs> to my happiness. Yeah. <laughs> it is Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Dude, sorry. when that game, um, I remember I was talking to my, me and my roommate have been arguing about this. So, you know how the, ga- the game awards are coming up, right? Yes. December 8th. I'm very excited. Um, we were talking about what's going to win game of the year. And he was like, oh, it's going to be God of War Ragnarok. I'm like, no. Really? I don't, so here's my, here's the Boon Pod official prediction. Okay. So I think so I think God of War Ragnarok is going to win every other category that it is nominated for besides mm-hmm. Game of the Year. It's going to win that. I think it'll win Best Action, Best uh, best Character, Best Voice Acting, Best Performance, whatever. I think it'll win all of those categories. I think what's going to win Game of the Year is Elton Ring. Interesting. I think okay. I think so. It's happened before at the Game Awards, where one game is one game of the year, and then another game is won everything else. But um, I think that's what's going to happen. Honestly, hot take: I don't think God of War should have been in the running for Game of the Year. I think it came out too late. I agree, actually. Because, that, that makes sense. Because the Game Awards are happening on December eighth. It came out what early November? I it think? came out like a month or two ago. Yeah. So that's not enough time to chew on the game. Mm-mm. It's not. Elden Ring's been out since February. Yeah. I, I like I. I'm no hate to God of War Ragnarok. I know, like I really want to play. No, it. it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm picking up my copy probably sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But I think Elden Ring's gonna win. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and that's nobody's fault other than the fact that like Elden Ring was just like 
one of the Huge. most revolutionary games of all time. Yeah, and because <laughs> it's like no hate to my roommate. I love the guy. I he, I don't think he understands the impact Elden Ring had on the gaming community. <laughs> Elden Ring was massive. It was what like like a lot of people. If you look at like YouTube and whatever, a lot of people are playing God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Everyone, literally Elden Ring. everyone, was even playing people Elden that Ring. like didn't play those types of games. That's why I was. Elden, um, Elden Ring was the first uh, like kind of like Souls game that I ever mm-hmm. put any time into because mm-hmm. I own. Um, I own all of the all of those games. I think the only game from them that I don't own is Sekiro, but mm. I own you know Dark Souls one through three, right. um, Bloodborne. Um, mm. I don't have Demon Souls, but I do need to pick that up some point. Mm-hmm. But Elden Ring, I I didn't beat Elden Ring, but I did get pretty far into it, and I did. Pro- I think I put like fifty hours wow. into Elden Ring, and I did have a good time. Yeah, like I wasn't like slamming my face at walls because I got so mad at bosses, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. I just think that it being probably one of the most like revolutionary open world games to ever be made, mm-hmm. it's probably the reason why it's going to win Game of the Year. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing. Like the year uh, Breath of the Wild came out. Breath of the Wild came out. It's like there's yeah, that's what's winning. Mm-hmm. I think I don't even remember what was in the running the year Breath of the Wild came out. What, what year that that came out in twenty seventeen? Okay, um, that was a big Nintendo year because it was like the mm-hmm. year of the Switch and Breath of the Wild. And so like it was the I year that like oh Nintendo's back. Yeah, because they, after the Wii U, after, yeah. they've reclaimed their yeah. title. It's like what the Wii U sold like twenty million. I think no, the Wii U sold eleven million consoles. I know it sold more than the. Uh, GameCube did, but I, I think it did. I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure about that one. But well, I know. No I know the Switch is right now currently above a hundred million consoles sold. No, due in part to the the pandemic. I think. I think the pandemic is probably one hundred percent the why. Well, the I remember um, twenty twenty the the newest Animal Crossing game coming out, and yeah. everybody was like. That, Good I know, fucking timing! Like I know a lot of people in real life that like the reason why they own a Switch is because of Animal Crossing. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. like that. That's not the reason that I got a Switch. Um, I, I got, got a Switch. I got a Switch for Smash. I got a Switch because the last game, like the last console I had, was a Wii U, and mm. I was like, "Oh, rib." Yeah, I was like, "I want good games again." Mm. <laughs> I will say, people people love to shit on the Wii U. The Wii U gave us Super Mario 3D World. That game, I bought I it. Um, I bought the game. I bought the Switch version of it. Bowser's Fury, with, dude. Bowser, not only that game. Bowser's Fury is fucking <sighs> awesome. Uh, you want to talk about so? You want to talk about good music? So Bowser's good Fury. music. But the other thing, like one of the most iconic things to me as like an audio engineer and somebody who like works with like sound design, mm-hmm. the design of the sounds for Super Mario 3D World have stuck with me in a way that the sounds of other games, like, do not, mm-hmm. like, the sound, like, the haptics and, like, the Nintendo the is weirdly good at sound design. They really are. It, like, it took the iconic stuff that you got from, like, the new Super Mario Bros. Wii, mm-hmm. um, that so, kind of stuff, and it was like, all most, right, we've elevated it. As much as I love that game, it is very bland. All of the new Super Mario games, bland. they're very bland and they are bland. family-friendly. Um, and then you play Odyssey, and you're like, good mm-hmm. God almighty. Yeah, that they, one's good. they really shined with their 3D mm-hmm. games. I mean, why do you think they didn't make a what? I mean, there's a reason why they didn't make a standard 2D Mario game for like 20 years or something before, like the before New Super Mario Bros. Wii mm-hmm. or whatever. They had to switch it up, and it was successful. Um, 
But it is, it, it definitely is a bland game compared to what we have now. I just think that, like, if you as a company are able to create, like, a sound, like, you have the one-up noise, mm-hmm. and you have the coin noise, and you have the blah, 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 blah. Nintendo has, it, I mean, it happens with Animal Crossing, it happens with Zelda. Like, they have some of the most iconic noises in and video it, games. And it's like, it's not even soundtrack, it's just noises. Like, mm-hmm. the sound you get when you get a rupee, the sound you get when you, uh, level up the sound that you get when you hit a rock in Animal mm-hmm. Crossing. Like, all that stuff is so iconic. And so me, as, like, an audio engineer, I'm like, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> how do you, especially with a game like Super mm-hmm. Mario 3D World, they took something that they already had that was already good and just expanded on it. And I was like, I don't even want to listen to that soundtrack <laughs> over and over. I want to listen to the sound it makes when I get a power-up because it's so good. <laughs> Since you're really into that stuff, I can recommend a, a YouTube channel that I really like that mm-hmm. focuses on sound design. Ooh. And sound design and music. He's this guy called Scruffy. Okay. I've never I heard of him. look him up on YouTube. Yeah. He is one of my favorite YouTube channels because he um, he talks about a lot of the – one of the, a lot of the biggest stuff he does is he talks about the sound effects and music design in um, Pikmin and all of the Pikmin mm-hmm. games. And he made one, he makes one about, like, uh, Luigi's Mansion. Please watch Scruffy. I, yeah, I fucking love that. that YouTube channel. He makes his own, he also makes his own, like, rearrangements of uh, Nintendo music, too. Oh, nice. He has really good video on the sound design of Breath of the Wild. How, um, it's, the Breath of, the sound design of Breath of the Wild is so detailed that there is, mm-hmm. so, when you go into the sound, when you go into the snowy mountains, right. a lot of the sound design is muffled because of the snow, or, like, you won't be able to hear a lot of them. Even the music is very muffled. Yes. There's one spot, there's one mountain in the winter area where at a specific time for, like, 30 minutes in-game, the clouds clear, and all of the sound muffling goes away. It's so hidden That's that like ninety nine percent of players would never find it. But he f- he made a video about it. He you go up to the top of this mountain and it's from like seven thirty a.m. to like eight a.m. in game. All the clouds go away. It's completely sunshiny. There's no wind blowing. It's just all of the sound muffling from the oh snow goes away. It's awesome. Oh and it's one of the most mind blowing details I've ever seen about Breath of the Wild. Oh, the, breath, yeah. the the development of Breath of the Wild was insane too. Mm-hmm. That game was in development for like seven years. Yeah, I. So that's you know I talked earlier about how like one of my biggest inspirations was cre- creating for mm-hmm. creating music was like Toby Fox. Getting into the world of like I I meant to say this earlier, but um the guy that did the dialogue direction mm-hmm. for like not the writing but like actually helped um oh the guy that voices Kratos I don't remember his name uh, something Christopher Judge Chris, yes. He, like, worked on him and he helped him, like, record all the, like, grunts and, like, mm-hmm. breathing noises and that kind of stuff that really, like, fleshed out Kratos as a character. He's an App State alumni. He Is graduated. He, really? he graduated from this program in 2018, um, the like, the MIS program mm-hmm. at App State. And we got to talk to him the other day because he's like, yeah, hey, I, I used to be, like, studio manager here and I used to do all this stuff and now I'm literally, like... Working for nominated. Sony Santa Monica. Yeah, literally, like... We're up for, like, a game award. Like, the stuff that I did, like, the voice acting and the dialogue is up for an award. And I'm like... Jesus Christ. So, I think, like, I would love to, you know, like, do the Toby Fox thing where I just, like, create iconic, like, compositions and just Mm -hmm. make the cool stuff. But also, if I got to do something like Breath of the Wild where I'm, like, I'm throwing in those, like, tiny little details, like, muffling the sound or, like, the sound that your horse makes or the... The differences in your walking sound when you have different stuff equipped. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I would still so dig that because that's what makes games like that stand out so much more and it adds that realism so that's like that's my audio nerd rant i just i think (laughs) that that stuff that kind of flies under the radar is so cool and even when i get like i get to throw some of that stuff into music too like when i'm like yeah i'm gonna split this harmony down the middle it's gonna go one in one ear and the other um or i'm gonna like kind of like yeah i a bunch of like technical shit Mm -hmm. um when i get to like kind of mess with stuff like that i'm just like I don't even care if nobody notices this. But it's cool to it's you. It's so cool to me. And, it, and and usually there's like one or people that like, oh my God, did you sample this? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I did. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> you want to hear something? You want to you hear something really funny? Mm-hmm. So when I was, uh, so my friend, I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcast episodes, but um, the opening in the intro and uh, outro music that mm-hmm. I use was made by my friend Joseph. Um, and for the Halloween, for the Halloween episodes, I got him to make like spooky Halloween versions yeah, yeah, yeah. of the music. And in the outro music for the Halloween episodes, the last like five seconds, you can hear the megalovania like, <laughs> thing. And I, he put it in there and he showed it to me and I was like, this is the funniest shit ever. I'm really sad that nobody found it or I, I don't know, maybe someone did. I'm going like, to go back and listen to that. So it's a very spook. It's, you know, it's the Halloween music. And then right at the very end you hear, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. and then it goes back into the other melody he was using. Mm-hmm. And it was the funniest shit ever. Mm-hmm. And he, the first time he showed it to me, I was fucking crying. It was so funny. The, um, I, one of the songs off of my last EP that's on Spotify mm-hmm. that people really love is driving song. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorites. People love that song. The ending is Aria Math from the My Beta Dude, soundtrack. Oh my god! And people I, are just okay. like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" So you write that. I'm like, I, the no, it's from Minecraft. The first time I was listening to it, I was listening that I was listening to all of your music before mm-hmm. this, and I was listening to that song, and it got to the very end, and I was just sitting there, and I started hearing Aria Math, and I was like, "Wait a fucking Yay! second!" I I remember I because I in 2020. When I first moved to Boone, mm-hmm. um, my friends and you, like, we just, were stuck in dorm rooms, whatever. We didn't have shit to do other than play Minecraft. <laughs> so we played Minecraft all the time, and I just, like, I have this tier list of, mm-hmm. like, the Alpha Beta um, disc, like... What's your favorite Minecraft song? It might be Aria Math. Although, okay. I will say... That's a good pick. Off of, if we're talking off of the, like, album... I'm talking the, out of anything. Um, One of the, like songs that's not in game um it's droopy likes your face droopy likes your face is really good oh i think so good i think my favorite song my friends think i'm weird for it is i like i really like dry hands i like dry hands too because minecraft music minecraft is one of the few video game soundtracks where i can listen to it and i will i know i don't care if it's cringe i listen to minecraft music i get emotional me too. Because it's... because of how much Minecraft, how important it was to me as a little yes, kid. Yes, it's got the li- nostalgic and li- it's just listening beautiful. To, listening to Dry Hands, I get teary-eyed. I'm like, every time mm-hmm. I listen to that song, I'm like, Ugh. That's how I feel listening to um, Drayton. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are always like, this one's the iconic one. That's from the beta album. And I'm like, well, I was a wimp as a kid. And I played <laughs> a lot of creative. And so when I played creative, it was all the like beta soundtracks that mm-hmm. I play. Um, and so like Aria Math... Drayton. Um, it's it's kind of fucky how many of the Minecraft, how much of the Minecraft music you can very rarely actually hear in game, or how much of it you just can't. Yeah, I like you look at the. Um, I'm gonna pull up the album on Spotify. There's just so many that you're like, and now that they have all the like, they have the like, 
ocean music mm-hmm. for when you're like in the sea and they have the the caves. Uh, ugh. Um, I will say the new person who is making music for Minecraft is also really good. Is it? Uh, Lena Rain. Yes. She is fucking she, awesome. She is really Her good. Her in uh, C418. Mm-hmm. I, at first I was like, oh, there's a new person creating Minecraft. And then, like, you listen to what she did with, like, Pigstep. Mm-hmm. She worked or- She worked with Toby Fox on one of the, the um, uh, like, Battle of, with a Killer Queen mm-hmm. Um, for Deltarune too. She also made the music for Celeste. If you yes! ever, if you have ever played Celeste, she made the music for Celeste. Mm-hmm. That is another game I need. She to She is fantastic. She I, is awesome. Once she got on my radar, I was like, I like you. <laughs> um, because it's also one of those things where like, she's one of the few like game uh, composers where I'm kind of like, I'm like, I remember them off the top of my head. Like her, yeah. Toby Fox, C418, T Lopes. She also has like. You, the audio, like the game audio industry, is super male dominated. Mm-hmm. Like the audio industry is male dominated. Oh, yeah. So, you know, me being a woman, I I like latch onto those people that I'm like, okay, you are legitimately so good at what you do. Like you're up there with like all the men. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not like it like the fact when it's like, yeah, she's a woman doesn't even come into question. I'm like, that's the perfect representation because like, you don't want to like. You know, it, it unfortunately stands out to me that she's, like, a really good um, soundtrack or, mm-hmm. like, a composer that is also a woman. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, oh, my God, like, this, there's a place for mm-hmm. me in that industry. So that's another thing that I think is really cool about her is that she's kind of made a name for herself along the, like, Toby Fox's and C4. I, um, I know um, one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time. If you haven't listened to it, my roommates probably be like, Mason, shut up about this. <laughs> One of my favorite game soundtracks of all time is from an N64 game called Bomberman Hero. Yes! Bomberman Hero is one of the most influential soundtracks I've ever listened to in my life. The fucking, the song Redial from mm. Bomberman Hero. Oh my god. That compl- The soundtrack for that game completely changed my the music that I listened to. That listening to the Bomberman Hero soundtrack got me really into drum and bass. Something I'm stupid fucking into drum and bass. I love drum and bass. But um, the composer of Bomberman Hero, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But it's, I remember trying to find out more of her stuff because I'm like, I want to listen to more Mm -hmm. of this. She, I don't, she has some of her original stuff on Spotify Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's very different. Right. But it also seems like she's almost dropped completely off the planet. Weird. And that sucks when yeah. there's a bunch of games where I'll listen to the I'll listen to music and the composers just completely dropped off the planet. Yeah, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It, it, you find that for art too, like, um, and it's a little less so because I feel like the artists um, get recognized for games a little bit more mm-hmm. than the musicians do. But when when you have an artist that creates something so fantastic like that. And they, you know, they don't get lucky like a Toby Fox would. Mm-hmm. And you don't have bigger and bigger companies reaching like, we want you to compose for us. It's like, well, They just disappear. Right. It, and it's, it, it, like, that is the one, like, terrifying thing about the music industry is, like, you literally, if you, like, if you're in this industry, especially if you're doing something that falls along a little more of the creative side, mm-hmm. you, you're, like... You don't know whether or not you're gonna like have a career the next mm. day just because like of the way that, um, like, oh, there's like opinions change mm-hmm. and what people like. So if you're like really into like this one style, and people are like, "Oh, we're not doing that anymore," 
you're done. I'm, and I just, I'm always like, oh, that's so. It is crazy terrifying. how much just on a flip of a dime you can. Just, yeah. One of my, uh, one of the most interesting stories I've ever heard about the music industry was, um, so you know Frank Sinatra, right? He was massive in the like 40s and 50s and 60s, I guess. But then um, around, I want to say in the mid 60s, he. Like a lot of people assumed his career was over because a lot of stuff had happened to him in his personal life and he, he wasn't putting out any music. So a lot of people assumed like he was just completely done and over because I think it was either before or after when he started making music again that he released his like blue album after his uh, wife divorced him. And he was like, it was the whole album was just about his divorce with his wife and he, he, he was depressed, but he, um, he completely dropped off the face of the earth for like right. 10 years. After being huge. Yes. And then he came back and he had like a massive revival. And I think that's why a lot of people know him today is because he had this massive revival in like the late 60s, 70s. Right. He had a massive revival. But like on the flip of a switch, he disappeared for like five years, mm -hmm. five, 10 years. Gone. People just assumed he was like, oh, yeah, he's he's done. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how... Especially in music, people can just like all of a sudden stop listening to you and then just, well. We, because I'm in school for music, um, I have to do a lot of like classes on like the industry mm -hmm. and whatnot. And we were uh, in my law class, music law class, we were talking about, you know, stuff going viral on TikTok. And we had this record company exec, we have you, he, he he does something, he's not a record company exec, that's wrong. He was like, he's an exec for a publishing company, I mm -hmm. believe, and he was talking about how, you know, publishers will really, really push artists to, or they'll they'll deviate towards publishing stuff towards social media platforms mm -hmm. like TikTok. And I raised the question, like, isn't that a little exploitative to, like, ask your artist, like, you have to create something that's going to go viral because... Most things that go viral, they shoot to 100 and mm. drop back to zero oh, just yeah. as quickly. Um, and it kind of, like, for some, it's like you get your little taste of fame. Some of it's a, some it's a career ruiner because people are mm. like, eh, we're tired of you. Or like, ugh, I hate, like, what you did. And it's like, I have other stuff. So I asked him, I was like, don't you think that's a little exploitative to just, like, kind of be moving from artist to artist, having them create a viral hit and then mm. just kind of abandoning them? And he was like, yeah, well, that's how they... Like, that's just how the industry works. And I was kind of like, You're like that's, that's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I was like, that's bullshit. Like, why? Why is that the way the industry mm. works? Why is that? It's what, what makes them the most money. It, and Yeah. And so I, like, kind of talked to my professor after he got off the call. And I was like, I, like, I still think that's, like, kind of shitty. Like, mm. a little predatory. Like, and I, I, I think I framed it within the question of, like, what... Like, is this all the music industry mm. is? And if so, how is that viable? Like, how is the music industry going to stay alive? Um, and he was like, yeah, that's a really good question. And he's like, I think the way that the music industry stays alive is when we stop allowing streaming and stuff to become so predatory when mm. we start kind of putting the industry back into the hands of the artists. I definitely think a lot of, uh, a lot of the big music uh, people in the industry it's it definitely does have a problem where it shreds through artists mm -hmm. because it will they'll put out a song they'll get super viral because of tiktok then they'll the their uh their people their publishing people i guess or 
I don't know the right word for it, but they will force them to do all the stuff that they probably honestly don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they stop, as soon as they they get a view, they get a dip in listens or views, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They would just, and then they'll just go on to the next person, shred them completely. And then it's like, well, what do these artists do after they've been ruined by this music company? Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I, so in the fall, I think of last year, this year, what am I talking about? The summer. <laughs> I, th- this year has been so long. Um, <laughs> I went to see two of my favorite bands that just happened to be playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Van Sire and Yacht Club. Um, and the guy, Yacht Club is just one guy. Um, I've loved his stuff since 2019. Um, and I got to talk to him after the show and I was like, Hey, yo, like, I love your old, like your new stuff is great, but like, I love your old stuff. And I was like, Hey, this like EP that I used to listen to on repeat disappeared off of Spotify. Like, is it ever going to come back? And he Mm -hmm. was like, so about that. He was like, I, one of the songs off that EP got really popular and a label offered to pick me up. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the contract carefully, which, by the way, kids read your contracts. Oh yeah, um, and run them by your lawyer friends if you have them. Um, and he was just like the contract. They were like they only wanted to keep that one song. They didn't want the rest of the EP to be up there. So he was like, after a year, and I think I think we're close. Um, to it like, coming be, back. Yeah, it'll be back because like fuck that i want all my music to be on like it's there was no point to take the rest what, of the dude EP when off. music gets taking off of spotify it because mm-hmm. i remember um on one of my uh i know we were, we were talking about this just a second on one on my video game playlist i had a significant amount of music from uh specifically tekken 4 mm-hmm. and one of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time tekken 4 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, one day, I just never noticed up until recently where I'm like, oh, where were those songs at? Yeah. All of the all of the Tekken 4, I think all of the Tekken soundtracks for Tekken 7, gone. Yeah. Completely gone from Spotify. Which and I'm like, just, how does this happen? And, you know, I, sometimes it makes sense because if there's a person that's like, yeah, I'm spending more money to keep this up there than I'm making, mm-hmm. I guess it's not worth it. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. I'm always just like, oh, why is this not accessible? Because it doesn't matter, like, how, like, maybe the artist thinks it's a very insignificant song, but then, mm-hmm. who knows? That that song you have out there that you just took off, it's like, that could be, that's I mean, probably one person's favorite song That's what ever. we were talking at the very beginning about archiving shit. That's that's why. That's why archiving shit, delete, is, yeah. Like, delete stuff, because even if you don't like something, somebody else may, and I, like, you know, I, I don't want to think that highly of myself, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to be like, I know what it's like when an artist takes away this like really weird song that I used to love and now I can't listen to it anymore. If if that is if I ever write something that is like that song for mm-hmm. somebody, I don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. I just there's no point. I'll I'll keep even if I'm a little embarrassed about stuff, I'll keep it up on YouTube just just to have it and just for people <laughs> to do what they want with it. Cause... That's how I feel about the first episode of Boon Pod. Yeah, because <laughs> I that that episode was just kind of me kicking putting my foot in the door mm-hmm. and then now i look back at it and if i go back and listen to it i'm like because yeah. that was when i was still toying around with the idea of solo episodes i'm not big on it now i don't know if i can do solo episodes that's why I nearly all, like every episode now is at least me and some other person right. but all of my solo episodes i'm like uh, i can't imagine I, doing I a podcast solo it's really hard <laughs> it's really hard to do a podcast enough normally because I think a lot of people underestimate uh, when you're doing a podcast, you can't have any negative air. 
Yeah. You have to, it's just like doing like a Twitch stream or whatever. Mm. You have to be talking constantly. Yeah, there has to be content coming in. Mm-hmm. And doing that by yourself, you don't have somebody to like bounce back and forth off. I can... So I do all my podcasts in person. Yeah. I could not do an interview over oh Zoom. Oh my God. Can't fucking do it. Uh, me neither. I, I, I've done like job interviews over Zoom and I'm always like, yes, um, well, they're awful. Feels... And I'm like, but when you're with a person in real life, you can actually like see them in their body language and whatever. And then you can actually start talking to them. Yeah, and there's nothing you're, like, fully immersed in the conversation. Like, I, I hate Zoom meetings because there is always – I'm on my computer trying mm-hmm. to have a conversation with someone. I'm like, I could be doing five other things right now. Every and Zoom fact, class I've like, ever had. coming in at me, like, here's all the stuff that you mm-hmm. could be doing and nobody would know. Like, if, if we were having this conversation and I was, like, working on homework, mm-hmm. you'd know. If we were on Zoom, you probably wouldn't know if I was working yeah. on homework. So, like – it just, the, the in-person aspect of it is, like, so, it, it keeps me more engaged. And it's also just, I think, I don't know, I've, I've, I've watched Zoom lectures before, mm-hmm. and I've listened to stuff that's recorded live. It's, live is a lot better because you feel like you're part of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, I know, um, I think a lot of people underestimate how much talking you have to do when you do a podcast. Or, oh, my God, yeah. Because when you're having, because a lot of people are like, yeah, I can do a podcast. I can talk to my friends for, like an hour and a half it's like well but can you make it interesting it's like can you first of all is the is the is the uh is what you're talking about interesting mm-hmm. do people like listening to you and when you're having a conversation with a normal person in real life there's going to be lapses in the mm-hmm. you're going to be there's going to be lapses in the conversation there's going to be part of the conversation where you know maybe you're really far apart from each other and you're just fucking talking about bullshit but when you're doing a podcast you have to be talking the entire time because mm-hmm. if there's any dead air people are going to be like why do you stop talking? That's weird. Or like, oh, I'm bored of this. Click. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, you have to be constant. I Like, I know it sucks, but like, you have to be on it. I mean, you're literally like creating, it's a performance. You're creating mm-hmm. content like on, like live. It's the reason why I couldn't do a video podcast. Mm-hmm. If I had a video podcast, I'd be looking at the camera and be like, that's hey, what I look like. Hey Whoa. guys, welcome to Boop <laughs> Be so pod. stiff. Yeah. If, when I'm, dude, when I'm on camera, I'm so fucking stiff. Yeah. <sighs> Now that people can't see me, mm-hmm. and especially now that most of the people that listen to the podcast don't know what I look like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. That is the anonymity. Yeah. And, I sound well, like Nemo. It's not, it's not completely anonymous. Right. Because people do know my name, obviously. Yeah. But then uh, people know my voice, but they just don't know what I look like. It's it's kind of like the anti-influencer thing where you're like, you yourself is not your brand. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like being an influencer must be the easiest thing in the world. I know people are going to be like, no, it's not. You have to, like, create an image. I couldn't do it because just... I wouldn't want people to create parasocial relationships that, with me. It's that. That would freak me out. And it's the fact that it's just, like, you're just, like, you're you're literally just selling yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not selling anything. You're doing, you're not selling anything you're thinking of. Oh, so like... you're not talking, like, YouTubers. You're talking no, no, about no, no, just no. straight up, like, Instagram I'm, influencers. I'm talking about, like, the people that just, like, oh, have made okay. money off their face. Because this, this kind of stuff is, like... Even the YouTube stuff, like you're creating content, you're having ideas, whether they're whether or not they're like complex or whatever, you're at least making something that is unique. Mm-hmm. But the people that are like, I make money from brand deals because I have a pretty face. I'm like, do something. It's like, like do something. It's like you're not doing anything. Yeah, it's I I, I just can't imagine. And you, you know, I I don't want to shit on people mm-hmm. that like do that. I, I no, I will. I shit on people regularly on this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember it's like the third episode, but like some I was talking to a band about frats, and I was like, the Boone Pod official stance on frats is fuck them. Yeah, it's. But, I agree. but then the people I was talking to were like, no, there's like one cool frat, and it's like a, apparently it's like a Jewish frat, and apparently from what I've heard, they're all cool. Yeah, well, I, okay, I rock with that. But I've heard all the all the other frats. The capital fuck F them. frats, yeah, not a not a fan. Capital fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> but then I I don't know. There's been some things I've said on this podcast. Where I'm like, should I have said that? And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, that works. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. I remember. Yeah. Um, I got hot takes. I was ta- I was talking to someone um, about the podcast, and they were like, yeah, you said this on the podcast, and I was like. Did I? <laughs> I don't remember. That's that. happened to me like three times. Where I'm like, did I say that on the podcast? <laughs> I mean, you talked for like remember. an hour and a half, and you're like, yeah, know, it's man. like it's like as much as I would love recording these episodes, it's like I even really think I'm going to remember the whole conversation right. we had. Like I remember the highlights, mm-hmm. but like anything else, no. Yeah. But um, you know, what time is it? It is how almost much, five. Yeah, I was going to say, how much longer are we going to be in here before somebody kicks us out? Probably not very much longer. Um, That's what I figured. A lot of people have walked past. I think they they probably need to use this room. Well, nobody... I don't know if anybody's on this... Well, the schedule is gone. That's cool. Nice. Oh, I was looking at the wrong day. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, we got people in here in like an hour or so. Oh, okay. So we should probably get to wrapping it up here. Probably. Probably. I never know how to... So what I usually do to wrap these up mm-hmm. is um, I'm going to give you a few minutes. Shout out whoever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care who, as long as they're not like a bad person. Right. So, I don't know. Shout out whoever you want. Okay. Um. Well, oh gosh. Well, shout out to Boonpod for, oh, thank you. for uh, having me on. This is very cool. I... I'm very, very thankful for this super cool opportunity. Glad you reached out. Um, can I shout out myself? Yes. Okay. So I currently, one, if you're like, if you don't know who I am, go look at my like Instagram and Spotify page. To be page. fair, we really didn't talk about your music that much. I, dude. <laughs> we talked about video games for a really long fine. time. I have another thing that's coming out where I did talk about my music. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to see me like play and talk about music, Go check out um, Live at RFG. I just did a session with them. But if you are interested in my music um, or just me as a person, find me on Spotify. It just find me on Instagram. It's just Natalie Capes everywhere. Um, Her music is really good. <laughs> thank you. I listen to it. Um, I am currently wrapping up a crowdfunding campaign. I hope it should be. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> yeah. It should be. Do you know when this episode's going to come out? Hmm. Probably tomorrow. Okay. So it should still be live. Um, so if you support, like, me or, like, want to support, like, a small growing artist, consider donating to my crowdfunding campaign. Um, you can find it on my Instagram page. I just, I've literally been talking about it for a month straight. Um, yeah, and I've also, I released a new song um, about a month ago called Person, and it's a banger. And oh, yeah. Because you you, it, it. All, all it says on Spotify is 2022. So I'm like, when did this come out? Mm-hmm. It came out in late October. Okay. Or maybe early November. I don't, one of those weeks. Um, yeah, so go check that out. Go stream it. Um, and then I guess shout out to my dogs. I miss them. I. <laughs> what are the name of your dogs? Winnie and Emmett. Okay. I. If this was in a... That's what I... I need to start having people, like, you need to sh- do your shout-outs, but you have to mention your pets. Yes. I, I, I've i been thinking about them because I'm going home this weekend, and I get to see them, and mm. so... Every time I go home important. to see my dogs, I'm like, oh my god, I missed you so yeah. much. Yeah. 
Oh, and then I get really allergic. Oh. Well, it's because, so I don't, ever since I moved out from my parents' house, I'm not around pets or animals anymore. So every time I go back, I get, I go back and I get really bad allergies. I'm like, I want to pet you guys so bad, but if I do, my entire body will itch. Yeah. Yeah. But. I I think that's all my shout outs. (laughs) All right, so now what now what I usually do is uh so my outro is see you later booners because mm-hmm. that's what I call my fan base yeah. booners because their parents are the boomers they're Boon the booners. booners yeah so on so on three do you want to do see you later booners yeah 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 so, one two three see, see you, you later, later booners. booners.